style or something right. really different. Mm-hmm. That might, but, but they gotta just stop trying to hang on to those IPs. Yeah, yeah, that's just bad. That's right. Bad, bad, bad. All right. Well, we are back with Kofo Live and Undead back at Mutiny Cafe, oh, and mutiny. and I am here with. Daniel Smurf Sharner from 5280 Geek. Correct. And then uh, Troy Flirt from uh, Rocky Mountain Geek Tank. Geek Tank. We, we usually drop the first part because we're lazy, but if you want to find us, you've got to actually put in the Rocky Mountain part. Yeah. You're going to find a specialty place that does the, uh, the little big tanks, which I don't understand the connection to the word geek with that. Uh-huh. But they have a really cute lady in the bikini, so that's why they're at the top when you search deep tank. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 12, one down. Yeah, because you just have a, a tank. Yeah, I tried a logo. The bikini thing, yeah. but that just got us kicked off Facebook. Put the bikini on the tank. Hmm. Have you ever tried that? Would that work? Well, if I had like the howitzer part, like, I could have the tank turn to be a tank top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That would be nice. That works well. Yeah, yeah that, that works pretty well. So, uh, you know, Daniel, do you smurf? Smurf. So, Smurf, because you're blue in this light. In this light, I, I feel rather Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. Like I said, unique skin condition as a child. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, unique. Yeah, it's just like too much ultraviolet. Clearly. Yeah, you, you do remind me as a of a young Dolph Lundgren. Thank you. I've got Dolph Lundgren. I've got uh, Matt Damon a couple of times. Kiefer Sutherland usually is. Um, the, the go-to. Oh yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're younger people. Uh, the, the older, uh, yeah, the older version of uh, the yeah the lead kid in uh, Monster Squad. Oh, he's yeah. the most famous, clearly, because I know his name. Yes. <laughs> and, um, I love Monster Squad. You have to pay for that at Amazon Prime. It's not even free. You have to pay for that. That's weird. I was I was just watching. It's free. Yeah. Right. You, you must not. I must not have. It's yeah, not free for you. Oh, not free for me. Yeah, you need to get your own. Uh, uh, oh, I need to stop pirating. Yeah, uh, there you go. Right. That's why. That's why. No, I uh, I run fifty two eighty geek. I am the uh, owner runner. Uh, I also do our own weekly podcast, uh, weekend geek update every mm-hmm. Tuesday, where I have my table of companions and we review the latest in pop culture, news, events um, with Red, Aaron, and Tao. Nice. So, uh, we're all over, and we'll yeah. be going to New York Comic Con in a couple of weeks. Oh, excellent. So we will be covering that. So cons across the country, uh, interviews, whatever. Yeah. We get you know all sorts of stuff going on. That's, that's fantastic. What about uh, what about uh, Geek Tank? We don't do anything. You don't do anything. <laughs> that's true. I, I, every every convention that I go Geek to, yes. I see the back of your jersey. We are, we are the Geeks yeah. in Green. Yes. We are Green jerseys at uh, conventions. Yeah, usually, uh, they're usually in line at the Wendy's. They yeah. usually are. Yeah. The, 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 the food truck. Last night, oh. last con that I was at, I ran into them. I'm like, oh, it's Geek Tank. There are like a couple yeah. of people in front of me at the food oh, truck. Yeah. I'm like, gotcha. Nice. And we take forever. You too. There's oh a lot of choices. There, there are, are a lot of choices. A lot of choices on those menus. Street tacos. Uh, yeah. It's hard to beat. But yeah, there's uh, there's three other co-hosts. We picked up yeah. new co-hosts because we figured if we add a co-host every year, mm-hmm. eventually we'll be so gigantic that you can't not watch us because we'll be everywhere. Yes, you will. So originally it was um, myself and Guy Davis, and yeah. we added Chelsea Kramer to the group. Okay. And then now we have uh, her best friend, who's um, stalling for time, Emily. And ah, okay. And uh, she would have been great here, but she's in Hawaii. 
but she loves werewolves. She loves horror films. Nice. She even has a tattoo nice. of a werewolf. Nice. Uh, I was trying to convince her to fly back. Hawaii apparently. Yeah, well, since we're not, you know, uh, paying for the flight. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we hit all the uh, local conventions. Um, like I believe we have Mile High Con coming up uh, next month. Mile High Con, which is the longest yep. running longest literary con in Colorado. 52 years. Nice. Now. Yeah, something, something way up there. They're 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 amazing, and uh, they have a unique system where if you get a table with their con, mm -hmm. um, they only take a percentage of what you earn. So you, okay. you don't have to buy a table up front. You know, oh, this is what I heard. Percentage of sales. Yeah, percentage of sales. So if you do well, they do well. If you suck, well then you know. Yeah. Right so, on the wall. So you really have to have your accounting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck, creatives. Unless you have Jeannie and Brett, you are you are <laughs> What is that? Is that an abacus? Yes, it is. So. Tell us a little bit more about you know your backgrounds, you know, like, uh, you know, Smurf. Like how you got into doing podcasts. Were you always a fan? Do, are you um, are you, you know, creative? And also, like, where did you grow up? You know, how did you kind of enter like pop culture? And uh, more specifically, for the purposes of this show, Howrah! Howrah! I um. I'm actually uh, a Wisconsin native, so Colorado is not my home. Okay. Grew up on the West Coast or East Coast, excuse me. Uh, that was a pilot for United, so I went all over. I've, oh, I've cool. traveled the world, um, but uh, in high school, GW landed here, went to CU, and then kind of aerated out from that. But on-air personality for 103.5 The Fox, 106.7 KBPI, 93.3 KTCL. So I was on air uh, as a radio personality, and that is how I got into um, the broadcasting side. So I have a degree both of um, broadcast and marketing from CU here in Boulder. Nice. So, it, it, but before I did that, um, right after I graduated high school and in my college years, I, I owned a comic book store. Oh. So I've been collecting comic books since the age of eight. And it's it's a rather extensive collection at this point. Brett and Jeannie has seen some of my my gems that I have pulled out for events. Um, that I'm, I'm very proud of my collection. It's 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 a long time in the making. But when I was younger in Wisconsin, I would go down to like the corner shop where. Um, you know, you had the old school turn styles, and you would pick out, you know, the creepy or the, you know, the eerie comics with the Crypt Keeper and all of that. And that was my, my initial introduction into horror. So after that, um, every Sunday, without fail, there was something of a horror nature on television. And of course, my hero, Vincent Price. Yes. I mean, that, that if there is one person that I can say that it was without doubt my initial introduction into horror mm -hmm. is Vincent Price and then Abbott and Costello. Oh, nice. <laughs> because at the time when Abbott and Costello were doing their movies and their shows, they were the mm -hmm. highest paid actors in yeah. Hollywood. So that's how come they could get Bella Lugosi. That's how come they could have Long Cheney and all of these horror icons. Yeah. That on Sunday, that was how I spent Sunday with my dad. We would watch horror. And Vincent Price, Dr. Burks, oh my God, that is... The most frightening thing that you can think of as a child, because I mean, Vincent Price is already creepy, and then add this 
decrepit, you know, monster that he becomes. How does that? And it's like, oh my god! But that that was all it took. And after that, totally hooked onto onto horror. And then after that, I mean, since then, um, comic book conventions since the early nineties. And founded 5280 Geek, and now we tour the country doing different, you know, conventions, interviews with national and local celebrities, the podcast, of course. It just, it varies back and forth, you know, voiceover work, some, I'm all, you know, independent film, you know, I've actually had, you know, lots of conversations. Oh, yeah. I, I did an independent film with Tony Todd, who's the Candyman, mm-hmm. and there, there's nothing quite like sitting in a bar having a conversation about whiskey and vinyl nice. than with Tony Top. Oh yeah. Brett was wow. there. Brett was there for this evening. We they did a screening for Candyman. And and Tony and I had already worked a couple of times already for the independent films that we've done together. Yeah. So what he, are those independent films? So we can look them up um, on Amazon Prime on because we have accounts. <laughs> uh, uh, Ghost Blade Productions is okay. who it is under. Uh, it will be premiering soon. I, I don't know oh. what the finishing title will be. Nice. Uh, I, so we can look it up. You can look it up. Um, I, I, yeah, look it up. It's easier that way. Jimmy Drain, who is the uh, the writer and the producer and the director, he's changed the title a couple of times because of legalities and the people okay. investing. So yeah. you know how that goes. Yeah, it sucks. It's a pain <laughs> But Tony and I have hung out extensively, so he comes into town for the screening at the Alamo, and I like I I, I elbow Brett. I'm like, you want you want to go hang out with the Candyman? Brett's like, fuck yeah. He's like, what yeah, whatever. I'll hang out with the Candyman. So I walk up to Tony, and of course Tony just gives me this big old hug, and in the Tony Todd voice. How you doing? Oh, <laughs> nice. Yes. So we sit there and we have yeah. this lengthy conversation about vinyl and, and oh, whiskey and Blanton's because at the time uh, Alamo was serving Blanton's bourbon, which is one of my favorite bourbons. So, and Tony's an aficionado on whiskey. So it, it was a it was a magical night and, and, and Brett was there to, to witness it. But it was- Here's the plus one. Oh my God. Brett just sat, it was, it was like- He just sat. He did. It was like, Brett was in the sidecar. He just was, he was I robbing tonight. <laughs> It was the Batman from the seventies. Feel free to touch me, Tony. It's right. Anyway, because you're gonna park the bat cycle, but you're still gonna eject out of it and park next. Yeah, that's yeah. all you know. Yeah, just to see the feature. That's but it, that's it was a good thing. But that is, I have been a horror nut ever since. I mean, the one horror film that, if, if I'm gonna say a horror film that truly scared yeah. me. The original Hellraiser. Excellent. Good choice. I mean, that one, that one really, for just what it was, and then Serpent of the Rainbow. Yeah. That was another one at the time when it landed in the 90s. Nobody else is doing that kind of, of horror. And it, yeah. it being based on uh, loosely on a, a, a true story it was another one that was just like, the Shaken's Ladder kind of flubbed in the 90s. Everyone like acclaims it as being such a good horror film. But when you look at the 90s and and compare Jacob Ladder and Serpent on the Rainbow, Serpent just kicks his ass. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> value for horror, for story, for cinematography, but that whole story wow. is just mm, 
Yeah, I always attribute something like Jacob's Ladder as more of a psychological thrill. Exactly. You know, just kind of, yeah, somebody just breaking down after experiencing such, you know, PTSD. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. During war. Mm -hmm. um, so, in and of itself, is horrific. But you know, it's it's got its it definitely has its nods and its tropes to, to horror. But as far as like a Wes Anderson, you know, film in yeah, based in voodoo, yeah, that's yeah, to me it's it's very visually. Uh, um, well, I would, I would want to say it's uh, arresting, but uh, yeah, to me it's you know, it, yeah, there's a lot more uh, like physical you know props and and special effects going on right there that I find a little bit more endearing, uh, probably more so than uh, some of the um, the later uh, yeah Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, and when you look at what Bill Pullman did, because I mean, you, at the time, all you had seen him was comedies. You know, he had done um, a, yeah, a, a psychoactive boyfriend where he breaks his finger, space yeah. balls, and everything else. For him to come out and do this, this dramatic and this intense of a role, and just the whole creepy vibe that you get yeah. from the, the, the voodoo, it is just so well played, so well done. And it's roughly about the same time as Spaceballs. It so, is. So there's, there's, there's a nice you know, sense of it, it, it is just one huge pendulum swing. Yeah, swing. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Connecting Spaceballs to that again, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is, it is all connected, hitting the pendulum. Yeah, it's all, so I have a question for you real quick. Sure. Uh, since you, you're one of the few people I know that's seen Dr. Fives. Yeah. Um, I always um, thought there was this very loose um, homage to Dr. Fives done in the Saw movies because it was similar. Oh. You have a doctor who's trying to get revenge and he created all these traps just like the Saw. And, and see, and I can honestly see that because there is the one where the, you have the, the where the woman is tied up and he's got to go in there and save her before the sand runs out of the hourglass. And it, it is very reminiscent of Saw. And I think when the writer... Um, who passed away when he was doing because I think he was he passed away what in Saw 2? I know it was early. He was early on and when, when Saw 2 came out and I honestly could see them going that route with Jigsaw and how he was constructing his his traps that he would end up becoming like the doctor. So I honestly think with the female being taken into his own Yes and the whole yes. Yeah. And he did, and when you look at him, he does have that opaque kind of feature that doc, the, 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 the doctor had that Vincent Price pulled off so eloquently. And when you look at what he did, especially when all you can see is him in the carriage, and he's just the glasses and the, and the pasty skin, and he yeah. just kind of creeps over and looks at him. She just screams, oh, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Eat a vegetable! Yeah. Just, just vitamin D, yeah. just something. Well, and, and Tobin Bell was, uh, you know, the, the cancer man in uh, X Files. Yeah. You know, that, the, the, the cigarette, the cigarette smoker. The smoker. Yeah. More, more so than the actual cigarette man. You mean yeah. the Marlboro man? Oh well, no. no. I mean the actual cigarette. Oh, man, <laughs> the the agent that was uh, pulling all the strings. Yes. That uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm sure Sam Elliott would have been perfectly fine Absolutely. in that series. He's early. He's exactly. early. Yeah. yeah. So. Troy, yes. Same question. 
I don't know if you remember. After following, I apologize. Yeah, no, 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 no. no it, after following up to that, I just want to say Smurf I was the uh, smurfiest long-winded Smurf there is. I was going to say I was president of drum club in high school. <laughs> See, it's a, his. You're more popular his, than I was. His resume is just so impressive. Um, I, you know, uh, uh, so I've kind of fell into podcasting by accident. Okay. Um, there's this antique place called the Brass Armadillo, mm-hmm. and they had um, a live show that focused on antiques, and it was half geek, half not. And they said, well, we kind of want to make two shows, one that focuses mostly on geek stuff and one that's not geek stuff. And uh, they said, hey, do you want to come be a part of this? I'm like, yeah, sure. I've got a background in improv comedy. I'll come join you. And like, what other shows would you think we'd do? I'm like, oh, how about a show based off of the Soap 70s um, um, game show called Liars Club? Because you have all these antiques, let's just grab some random antiques, I'll get some improv fellas, we'll sit here and make up stories about it, and the people watching have to guess which is the right story. Nice. And we, they gave away gift cards how, for that. How clueish. I know. <laughs> but it, uh, we kind of rode out of that geek show and started doing more conventions. My friend who's uh, amazingly knowledgeable about Star Trek um, okay. jumped in and we just, we cover everything geeky, which I think both our strong point and weak point. So it's really hard to to find us, because if you look up Star Trek shows, you're going to find a thousand Star Trek shows before you get to ours, because we're not specifically Star Trek. Okay. If you look up horror shows, you're going to find a thousand other horror shows before you get to ours, because we, we cover everything. So, so when with your improv background yes. and everything, so when when they tried to, perfect example, um, the new uh, uh, Zombie Land coming up. Yes. So when they try to infuse comedy into horror. What, what, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like they're cheapening the art? I mean, because that is like the one thing that I, I always hear back and forth on. Because when you look at like Evil Dead, that was that was dead set to be a horror film, absolutely. And then it was so, so bad and so cheesy that okay, yeah, we're just going to embrace the cheesy and cross over to the comedy. Right, and then the part two was basically a remake of part one. Yes! They embraced it. It really, because there's so many different types of horror films, there's so many different types of comedy films, it depends on how you incorporate incorporate it. Have you seen uh, It Chapter 2 yet? No, I've been, my film reviewer has got it though. The use of humor in that is fantastic. Um, but it's not it's not a comedy. It's not a comedy. No, but they use it's, comedy. It's, it's, it's an adult. But how? Because when I when I talked to my film reviewer for for fifty two eighty, he was telling me that it is you honestly feel like it's the adult coping mechanism that mm-hmm. all of us use when we're in an uncomfortable setting. Absolutely. So when you're looking at the first chapter one. And it's it's a different style of comedy because you you're the kids that have no idea how to how to channel this. And then you have chapter two where adults have to use something humorous to lighten the mood to, to, to distract themselves mm-hmm. and to cope with just the brutality yeah. of what they're witnessing. Yeah. If, yeah. if anything, the, those kids are probably healthier from from using, you know, comedy in those uh, adult traumas. Right. Um, yeah, if you're just focused on the, the problem, it's going to result in more negative psychological you know, trauma, probably to the point where you don't get a movie. They, they don't know if they show just, up, nor they should just curl they. up in the corner. Yeah. So Tell me about the Revit. So one of the things, too, is you mentioned about Abbott and Costello. The yeah. crossover of comedy and horror has a long history. Very huge lineage. Yeah, so it's, it's actually, uh, you know, pretty... Pretty normal to have that, you know, transfer over. And usually, you'll you'll have, you know, you'll have some aspect of comedy 
in in a pretty well balanced uh, you know film that's telling a decent story. So like um, American Werewolf in London has a lot of uh, comedy elements. Um, essentially, what they'll they'll call that is more of a mode. It's a horror movie, and then the comedy you know doesn't necessarily make it a comedy, but they use it as a mode as as an element. Yeah. Because um, in, in, in American Werewolf in London, his whole conversation is with his friend, and as the story progresses, he continually yeah. degrade of his, his physical presence is just is horrifying. It was like, oh my American god. London's a great example of how you can take a horror film, mm -hmm. and by adding that, you add an extra layer of depth to it yeah. without making fun of the situation. No. Whereas Zombie Side, uh, Zombie Side, that's a that's a board game that I love. Um, Zombie Land is uh, a, an example of laughing at itself and turning itself into its own joke. Mm -hmm. It's it's funny and it's fun to watch, but I wouldn't consider it horror necessarily. Yeah, it's more of like a, a horror veneer over top of the comedy. Yeah. Um, whereas like Shaun of the Dead, yeah, where it's that land in between us. Um, yeah, but Shaun of the Dead at the end is just it's just tear jerking. Because at the end, you, you, you basically watch systematically all of his friends just get wiped out. Yeah. And at the end, he comes out, and to find out on the other side from the group that they encountered, they're clones, basically. Yeah, she's the only one that made it, too. So the, 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 the polar opposites absolutely made it. So Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah I think with, with that, uh, too, it's like, you know, Shaun of the Dead has amazing closure. It it, it, you know, it takes you on this emotional ride. You 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 you, you really feel for the kids or for the you know the people going through that ordeal, and then yeah, realize oh you know here's Sean's friend you know. Take my mom away. Yeah, you know all everybody that even even like the Bill Nye was in there for a very brief time. And it's just like oh my gosh, he actually felt uh, for them. Oh, that's the time. voice actor, not the science guy. Correct. Yes. Right. 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 Uh, yeah, I think both of them can save the world. I think they, I think they both could come together and maybe form their own. I think own, one uh, is probably Ultron. more musically inclined than the other. Yeah, but one can uh, it can do chemistry one in the bathtub at home and carry uh, a fire, fire, fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I'm going to Breaking Bad. Uh, what do you think of the new movie? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, what about Jesse Pinkman? What do you think? Right, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Jesse's uh, going back in the vaults. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been in the vaults. Well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice. That's a different podcast. True, true. true. So, yeah, yeah. It's like, where were you with that setup? And it's like, there's no setup. There's, there's no follow through. No so, with, with horror, since we're talking about different layers of horror film, that's one thing. How do you define? Horror films, because as you mentioned earlier on about yeah. those psychological thrillers, oh yeah, those those to me are still close enough to horror. Correct. That I consider that if it's I would think so. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think everybody's going to have uh, you know kind of their different interpretation. But uh, um, I when I first saw Jacob's Ladder, I thought it was straight up horror. You right. Know, it, and I, I saw it when it came out. When I was a little kid. It's like wow, this is damaging. Um, I saw Silence of the Lambs. I thought that was a straight up horror movie. It was. Horrific the things that were going on, and then you, you know later on there was a, a line of uh, direct to DVD horror films uh, based off of you know real life serial killers, and they you know they were in the horror section. And, yeah, I watched them. They were not of the quality of no. of uh, Science of the Lambs, but they were uh, you know gross. The true and crime stuff is it is it's gnarly. It's pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, whatever is embellished because all that can be ever. Is historical fiction, 
you know, you know, filmmakers are making decisions on set or in the script. You know, it's like, well, we got to move this part here and there to, you know, make a better make story, it, make a better story, to make it also coalesce in that two-hour time frame. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I took my girlfriend to to see that the Queen movie. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, these things kind of happened, just not in that order. Not, yeah. And, and so, they, they skipped over the whole Highlander and CBS deal, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so right there, she's like, oh my gosh. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's historical fiction at best. That's what these biopics are. If you watch the um, Walk the Line movie, it's like, you know, a lot of that's pushed and embellished to, to make it feel dramatic. Um, yeah. The addiction part was real. The addiction part was real. Walking Phoenix can't impersonate Johnny Cash, nor can uh, Will Smith do, um, you know, anything other than Cash. Yeah. Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. I love Will Smith as Will Smith. Will Smith does Will Smith so well that I watch Will Smith movies to see Will Smith. Not not after Earth. No. I never saw that one. Yeah. See, there you go. Skip that one. Yeah. Have you seen a movie called Senseless? It's like because we were talking about horror films. That that's one that's um. I, I saw the comedy version named uh, Senseless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real brief. The plot is uh, an American tourist gets kidnapped. Uh, if I remember correctly, the first thing they take away of his senses is his tongue. They burn the senses. Oh no! I, I did oh, not see this. They, 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 they yeah. broadcast it live and they say, "Okay, we're going to take away one, one like of on the senses." Facebook live. Facebook live. Say so we're going to take away one Plug. of the senses every day, unless if you pay us X amount of money. So they're blackmailing the world to not do that. Mm. However, people start writing them saying, "We'll pay you this much money if you go ahead and do the next one." <laughs> so to speed up the process while this guy is there, that and it's. And every time he loses a sense, he has a flashback to his strongest memory to that sense. Oh. And um, I found it horrific in that it was believable. Yeah. So I could see this happening. And, yeah. Uh, it was one of those that uh, it didn't get a good rating. It's not a yeah. fantastic film, but the premise is really interesting. And I ended up watching it because on Netflix, it's like recommended films. Yeah. And then I saw the review and it got a really low rating. And I read it. It's like, this film is horrible and disgusting. You shouldn't watch it. I'm like, well, now I got to watch it. Yeah. So then I had to watch it. And I that's the selling point. That's yeah. the selling point. Yeah. 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 You have yeah. me hooked. So. Brutal. Um, <laughs> well, when you look at like some of the foreign market stuff, because there's, there's one horror film uh, in particular called High Tension. It's an Australian mm -hmm. film. And I absolutely love that horror film. Actually, I think that one's French. This is the French? Yeah, it's all subtitled. It is subtitled. Yeah. And I didn't see the twist coming. That sounds really familiar. I didn't see the setup. And and if you haven't seen High Tension out there, you need to watch High Tension. It is probably by far one of the most odd horror films. It's 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 really good in its uh, mood and tone that it yes. sets up. And uh, and then you get the reveal. Well, the reveal kind of uh, contradicts some of the things that, that happen. Well, in like the opening scene for High Tension, it does completely contradict that. Uh, there's also a car chase there is where chase. where you know the, the recipient yeah you know, where the, you know, they're escaping, and and the car does some da you know the car chasing them does some damage to the car, and it's like the only way that happens is if there's another Somebody car involved. else driving the car. Yeah. So, but but it is good. I you know. I'm probably, we probably gave away way too much, yep. uh, but, but it is worth yeah it is worth watching because there are a lot of um, independent films films across the pond that are happening high tension by far I, I 
I was blown away. I was yeah. not expecting that particular yeah. reveal. Is it messed up in the same way like Funny Games is messed up? No, no. no not funny even Games close. is, up a is totally something. Yeah, it's a, it, that's that can be a psychological uh, thriller as well. That one is unnerving, um, yeah. you know, in and of it by itself. And I enjoy the, the original version and the remake. It's, they're both done by the director. I think it's one of the same director. Yeah. I think it's one of those rare instances where, you know, the director basically redoes his, his work for, you know, a different audience, and it's relatively consistent. Mm -hmm. um, you see that also with some, there used to be, I don't see it often anymore, but there used to be the, uh, the, um, uh, the business approach of taking, especially with, you know, adapting Japanese films to, to American. Like the like, garage. And Ring. Right. Yeah, so the director of uh, Ring You, the original uh, Japanese, oh. he directed the sequel to the American version. Uh, Gore Verbensky, I think, uh, directed uh, The Ring. Sounds right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was enjoyable. Ring You is disturbing. There's a scene that I gotta mention in Ring You that nobody with me caught it. Okay. That they didn't do, um, where the person's at the hospital and you see mm -hmm. this old man playing peekaboo and there's nobody there. As oh. the door shut, just really briefly for one second in the reflection, yeah, you, catch that. you catch the kid standing there playing peekaboo. Oh my yeah. god, that's so, so fast. That's it's an it. and it's, uh, I love movies that don't just feed you everything. You have to be paying attention. Yeah, to yeah. be aware. Well, and, and, and that's nice too when um, when you uh, you know go see a movie and. You know, it, it hooks you enough that it's like, yeah, I can see that again. And you sit down and see that again. Oh, shoot. There's there's whole more you know, new stuff. I also, um, so two other examples, uh, completely different contexts, but uh, um, where you, I see a movie that uh, I probably didn't really like or didn't really have any uh, gravity or stick with me. And then I see it with uh, somebody else, and it's just like, oh my gosh! I, you know, with their perspective and, and their input, or just their presence, it makes the film that much more engaging. So, um, what was it? Uh, well, I keep bringing up uh, like, oh, and, and, and films that I've seen once, and I just flat out didn't like it. Right. And then a couple years later, I watch it again. So I keep bringing up Hereditary is one of those. And then also Wes Anderson's Royal Tenenbaums. The first time I saw it, fucking hated it. I own it, and I've only watched it a long time in the well, theater. I bought it thinking, ah, oh, maybe one day I'll watch this again. Yeah. yeah I oh, I, I watched it a few years later, and I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? It's like, back then, you know, I should have kicked myself, you know, back then. But uh, I absolutely, you know, absolutely enjoy it. I find those those films, especially the compositions, you know, really engaging. And, How Wes Anderson pictures life. I really, yeah. I would want to just follow him in a day in the life because how he shoots his films and how he envisions his character interactions are just so intricate that it's yeah. just. It's probably true. Sorry, I'm uh, Wes Anderson does horror films on I think it's on YouTube if you look up Wes Anderson horror films. Yeah. If, if you find that, send it. We'll, we'll yeah, post we'll it. That. We'll, that's yeah. That's the, uh, the other thing, too, is like, see, you know, we, we talk about Wes Anderson and how it frames so, You know, there's also 
in art and horror genre too, you've got uh, you know, some filmmakers like uh, like David Lynch. Well, it's not flat out making horror films, but it has horror elements to it. Um, and the way he you know frames you know the scene and, and uh, sets up the mood and the tone, you're not always you know sometimes he's doing stuff that you're not going to get, or sometimes he's doing stuff just to be non-representational as well as abstract. I wonder sometimes we throw stuff in just randomly and lets the audience come up with a reason for it. Yeah, in in uh, I've I've seen a couple interviews where you know he's he's admitted to doing that. But for the most part, he, he actually will sit down and have a med, you know have a meditation, and you know through the years that that meditation has changed. You know I think uh, at one point it might have actually been like you know shooting off a, a gun and, and uh, having some whiskey, but I think for the most part now it's and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's just it's just having like a you know a good shave and, and taking a bath. You know? Yes, that's one of my favorites. Uh, really? Mm -hmm. I bring, wow. it, up, I bring okay. it up for a, a funny story. Okay. I saw it with my brother, and uh, he loves David and stuff. He yeah. loves Twin Peaks. Yeah. And uh, I thought the soundtrack was pretty cool, and so I was, he wanted to like take me and buy the soundtrack right after the film. So I went and bought yeah. it. David Bowie, yeah. yeah. Ram You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. And, and really like, we're buying it, and the cash register person says, uh, Oh, Marilyn Manson, I love him. Does he have a big part in the film? And my brother and I started chuckling. I said, well, that depends. Yeah. So you have to see the film to get the joke. Yeah. Um, he has a part. He has, yes. a, part. He has a part. Yeah. Actually, he's in, they just announced him in American Gods. Yes, he's great. great. Yeah. yeah. I was very surprised by that. Yeah. That was my go-to. With horror, but yeah. I'm like, yeah. I have no idea. Arrows, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. I have no idea. Maybe There's young so, Marilyn Manson, but so not old, old fuggy. Yeah, Alice Cooper, Marilyn Manson. So when you guys are looking at the horror genre, let's mm -hmm. let let's be honest. We are in a new um, golden age of horror. Yeah. We 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 are we are riding a high right now. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at the horror genre, are you looking for more slasher? Are you looking for more cliffhanger? Are you looking for more jump scares? Because the bar has been elevated mm -hmm. so much over just the last couple of decades. Is when when we were watching horror, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, yeah. Friday the 13th, yeah. all of the slasher films of the age that defined the 80s yeah. were, were at its zenith. So now we have all of that to choose from, and now the psychological, the thrillers, especially when you're you're looking at, like, us, and, and that elevating the horror field to an entirely new level. Because when I watch that film... Mm -hmm. Holy shit sticks. <laughs> I I walked out of that like, what the fuck? Yeah. That man is brilliant. Why does Twilight Zone suck? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a committee. That's not You know, and, and yeah. you know, that's CBS and that's another entirely different story. But when I walked out of us and and uh, and uh, and it, it starts to soak in. Yeah. You walk away. So what are you guys as Get Out does the same thing too? Yeah. I guess I really did it for me. Yeah. yeah. It's not entirely him. I think he produced it. Um, it's the one that has like the time travel type thing where the guy gets to go back and try to save the person who gets shot. And I cannot remember the name now. But um, um, Peel is part of that. I can't remember now. Hmm. And I just derailed that. But yeah, Get Out and uh, <laughs> um, 
I like where you're going. Thank you. I like how your friends working. The speed bump. The psychological stuff has always been my favorite. I was desensitized at a really early age. I don't know how young you were when you saw mm -hmm. your most traumatizing film, but I was six when my mom took the whole family to go see Jaws. Okay. As a six-year-old watching yeah. Jaws, that, that broke something. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, my, my brother, who's uh, nine years older than me, I even brought a Fangora because I didn't know if we needed visual aids. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. He was huge in Fangora. My mom sewed Mary Kay. He would steal her makeup Where's and teach Fangora? me. I'll pull it out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pull that Fangora out. Because, I mean, I'm thinking, like, early on, like, oh, Emmy horror. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're getting a blur. Uh, yeah. For, for for those of you who do not know Fangora Magazine, that is a long-standing publication that's uh, gone through a few revisions of, of uh, recent uh, age, but uh, definitely fact, find it and we look into it. Dan on the cover, who is no longer with us. So. It's just a few years old. Yeah. You know, a few years, I've got, yeah. at least half a generation. So, uh, he would practice <laughs> the, uh, his horror makeup effects on me with the bullet mm -hmm. wounds and so, of yeah. course, my mom would come home and see her seven-year-old kid with a giant hole wound in his Oh, chair. yeah. She and reacted very well. What did you do to your brother? Exactly. I made him faster. Now Eric can just aerodynamic. Instead of going around him, he goes through him. Made him no, open-minded. Yes. Like, oh, I never thought of that. I just thought you flat out killed your brother. Yeah. No, we were doing experiments. That's how, uh, knowing yeah. how all of that was done at such a young yeah. age, horror films didn't affect me because I'm like, oh, that's Carol Stewart. Yeah. 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 Horror, well, even when you're watching like um, Nightmare on Elm Street and Johnny Depp gets dragged up along the wall and, you know, Good. bled out. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Wes Anderson. Do it again. Yeah. yeah. Back yeah. then, you didn't hate him as much as you do now. Yeah. So, so, yeah. But when you're watching that, yes, you, you, you get to that level of desensitization where you're like okay thinking about how the room's rotating and yeah standing yeah. still and yeah the, the behind the scenes the practicals on that and how they, they figured a lot of that stuff up goes on to inform a lot of the bigger blockbusters of today too because mm -hmm. those are the stomping grounds for some of that stuff uh, you know nobody else had that in the script the big no. budget action films that were just now starting to curb into um you know the, the b-movie genres and stuff uh you know yeah, I mean, uh, they, they weren't playing around with that as much as, as the horror films. Um, oh, um, and, and speaking of which, too, that, did some of that uh, also inform, you know, because you're a filmmaker. Yes. As well. Right. That's, that's how you and I kind of connected was your background in martial arts and, and filmmaking. Yes. Because uh, you guys were doing some uh, some shorts and, and uh, you know, were you able to take some of that, that knowledge of makeup and everything and apply it. Yes, I've never done a, a horror film, which is funny because um, I have all a whole bunch of ideas of ones to do, I just never mm -hmm. got around to it. But uh, when I made the Samurai film, I went for the whole Tarantino effect with the blood pumps and spraying blood everywhere. Nice. Um, because, and it's like, no, oh, it's only five feet high, I need to go 20 feet high. So <laughs> I got the big paint sticks oh, to pump. Yeah, yeah. Through. How Seventh Samurai. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to be under 500 PSI pump the blood everywhere. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, that's, but it, was, it definitely comes from a background of that because like the Friday 13th movies, the blood always sprayed ridiculous amounts. Mm -hmm. and, and loving samurai films, I was I'd seen that before. Yeah. And so to me, it wasn't horrific to see it. It was more laughable. Yeah. Um, but the uh, I would have to say the thing that I found uh, that I, I wish they would have done a better job with was the Silent Hill movies. I don't know if you ever oh, played the I original. Remember the first one. Yeah, I, I never saw uh, the, the phone scene in the video game. Mm -hmm. 
when you go to the phone, try to interact with the phone, it doesn't work. You continue to look through the rest of the room, then when you try to leave, the phone rings. Uh, when you pick it up, you hear your daughter's voice, who you're looking for, goes, Daddy, help me, he's hurting me. That sent shivers down my spine for a video game. No movie has done that. And when they missed the movie, the movie just dropped all of that psychological but the problem is, stuff. though, when you're looking at, like, a horror in any kind of video game that they tried to bring to movies, they've they, they fallen so, so short. Okay, so short. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers is a classic. Screw you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bob Hoskins is a genius. There's the exception <laughs> of the rule. That is the exception of the rule, just only because... Yeah. Dennis Hopper as, as King Koopa. He should have yeah. played the Dennis Hooper from Blue Velvet as Dennis Cooper. No, Apocalypse oh. now. Screw that. I want to see him just completely off his egg. But um, I think both films, he was off his egg. Oh, he was completely, completely different directions. Yeah. One was sober, one was high. Yeah. 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 Um, Daddy wants to see. <laughs> Stop yeah. looking at me. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at me, Mario. Um, I mean, most of the time, yes. They, They've fallen so short of the mark. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Silent Hill or even like the Resident Evils, because you, you've got that, I don't even know what the hell they even call that anymore. <laughs> Action horror? Wire horror food? Wire horror food, yeah. It's, it's fan service with cables at this point, right. because you have Mila Jovovich, who is, is brilliant, beautiful, and, and talented, and we're just going to suspend her from the ceiling and scream some cinnamon, sure. show her boobies, and shoot some bullets. Sure. Yeah, it, yeah, it comes with a script. It comes with a script. It's a it's horror movie. It's a steady paycheck. It's yeah, I'm willing to believe anything you want. Yeah, yeah, going back to, like, yeah, I think that's more, at this point, It's it's it might have started out with the idea of uh, a horror film. Mm -hmm. I'm not referencing the video game at all. But uh, and then it just kind of transitioned more into action heavy, and uh, horror. The horror aspects became the mode. Right. The, uh, the game is a hell of a lot more terrifying than the film ever will uh, be. Stephen yeah. King's uh, Room uh, fourteen oh eight. Okay. Uh, it was actually a better version of Silent Hill the video game than Silent Hill the movie. <laughs> and, and in fact, that whole the, the short story is great, but what uh, John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson do with that film. Is is tremendous and it is amazing. And John Cusack, I think it, it's 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 probably one of his better horror performances next to um, the one where he, uh, with uh, all the multiple personalities. Right. Uh, identity. Identity. Thank yeah. you. Um, those two films for Cusack, in my mind, Cusack's the man, regardless. But when you better off dead, better off dead. Where's my two dot? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Someone threw away a perfectly good white boy. <laughs> <laughs> but when you when you see him in those films, I mean, and Gross Point Blank is is in my top five films all time. That's a really good film. All time. Yeah. But when you see the performance that he puts forth in both of those films, it is it's absolutely just nail biting. And 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 that's the horror that I want. I want I want shocks, I want thrills, I want I, I don't want the jump scares necessarily, but I want to walk out of there feeling creepy. When you yeah. look at like what um, uh, the, the Godfathers of Horror have done, you know Christopher Lee, Vincent Price, mm -hmm. um, uh, 
I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Peter Cushing? Thank you. Boris, uh, Boris, 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 Boris. Boris. I, I was thinking Grandma Tarkin for some strange reason. So. Same, same, <laughs> same guy. That's what anybody in this room yeah, is exactly. So when you, when you think of, of after you watch one of their, their films or one of their shows on TV, yeah. you, you, you were sitting there scratching your head like, I'm creeped the fuck out. I don't. I, I don't want to. They're the reason you don't want to go down in the basement. They're the reason you you dread the attic. Yeah, they, they are the embodiment of horror. Casting him and arsenic in our base was just yes. Amazing. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, this is brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah. Films today, uh, even back then when we were growing up, they essentially were. You know that. Uh, that, that story that you told, you know, by the fire before bed, yes. that uh, that cautionary tale: don't do this because, you know, this will happen. Uh, and, and so films do that very, very well. Yeah, and, and then you know, back to like video games, it's very hard to translate something that works so well in one medium and translate it into something completely different. I think I might have put my finger on it too. Uh, the thing that. A lot of horror movies drop. Yes, several holes. <laughs> they won't go there. Is that um, a fucking horror with a knife point in? Let me plug you. Me, me. No, you're not. Yeah. Totally fine. Um, the, is not caring about the characters. The slasher films get in, you know, like, well, we don't care if they die. So now it's. Well, you're waiting. You, 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 got, you got a scorecard. All right. Black guy gone. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. chick gone. Uh, sport guy gone. Oh, wait, back. Uh, bomb gone again. Uh, nerd dude lost a limb. Well, it, 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 you know, so you're <laughs> making a video game, it's now you, so of course you're going to care about you. Yeah. So you now have that and connection in the horror story that you don't have with a lot of movies. Is it specifically if it's like a first shooter or you're playing a character that you can <laughs> see projected on the screen? I, for me, I like the scene, the projected one, because. I get what they call dims, uh, doom-induced motion sickness because the video game. Oh, I see. So if it's first-person perspective, it's oh, just yeah. but if it's uh, yeah. third-person, it works better for me. Uh, but it just it just has to be real well written, really. Yeah. And then, uh, in fact, I think it was because either Silent Hill two or three, where your character has amnesia, so the story's unraveling. And you're trying to figure out who you are as yeah. you play the game. Interesting. Um, but it's uh, there's a lot of great uh, video games in the horror genre, horror survival genre that aren't all about running around and shooting monsters. Yeah. Um, in fact, one they, they now do stuff with the controllers where it has a motion detector, and uh, you have to hold it in perfectly still while the monster's creeping around you. Uh, oh, okay. I forget what game system that was for, but I think it's called a Bomb. Oh, yes. That sounds like oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, it's it's a PC game. And you're fighting to stay alive, yeah. um, so you have to start a generator to get the lights going, and you've got a guy that's stalking you who will come and hang you on hooks. Nice. It is. Wow. It is a brilliant game, and I love it. Yeah. Oh, Dan's beef jerky. <laughs> Let's you dry out a little bit and smoke it. Little mesquite. Bill, you want mesquite? <laughs> All right, a little bit of this. Um, but no, that uh, Dead by Dawn is a great game, and, and I love it. There's also the Jason, um, the Friday the Thirteenth game that you play, where you're Camp Crystal Lake and you're running around, and Jason is hunting you. There are some great horror games, yeah, out there to play. It's just trying to find something to play with you. Yeah, yeah. Typically, if, if I'm playing video games, it's it's at the arcade. Yeah, you know, I got time to kill. I don't, you know, because I'm nowhere. You know, you guys submerge yourselves in in pop culture. You know, comics, films, video games. So I have. Get with it, Dan. 
Right. I know. See, you guys should take me, invite me over. Yes. Because I'm a vampire, and that's the only way I can come over to your house. Oh. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. If the house is being raised, do you have to go to the bank and get permission to come into the bank? That's it's not a yeah. It's, it's oh, a public it's space. A public space. Yeah. yeah. If it doesn't welcome Matt, that should be good enough, right? Yeah. Um, you think? And <laughs> it's like, oh, what am I burning? <laughs> yeah, sprayed some garlic. You knew I was coming. Oh, those kids. You would buy out bastards. <laughs> so, uh, favorite vampire. Favorite, yeah. favorite vampire film. Favorite vampire film. Uh, let the right one in. The uh, the original, not the remake. The original, yes. I thought the remake was good for what it was, uh, but uh, I, I thought the, the original was uh, was much more uh, engaging. The reason being was I thought it played out as a very good drama. Yes. Um, that little girl is so creepy. Have you read the book? Yeah. No, I have. I've, so I've read the comic. Okay, I don't know. Oh, I haven't read the comic. Yeah, I've read the comic. Between, Dark the, Horse today. between the book and the first movie, yeah. there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Then between the first movie and the remake, there's a little bit of a difference, but it makes a big difference. So by the time you get to the American version, you just do not get the clues as to something that's going on with the background and the history with the, with the female. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah. just, I definitely recommend seeing the original movie or yeah. reading the book before you see the American version. Or if you have seen the American version, go back and catch it. Nice. Uh, mine's Near Dark. That yeah, is a stellar, that's that's definitely my, my favorite Catherine Bigelow film. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, yeah, my, my favorite Lance Henderson and oh, yeah. Bill Paxton. Let's bring yeah. in all the aliens actors. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? Um, yeah, it makes sense because, you know, later on, Catherine <laughs> married James Cameron. And those actors, you know, of course, you know, it's like, I recommend these guys. Why? Because they can fucking yes, act. They, they show up on time and they yeah. can deliver a line. Yeah, and, and again, you know, so that's a nice segue. So you got Near Dark, which is kind of a, a gothic, uh, brutal vampire film. Yeah, I, I would I would say that's probably in my top three favorite vampire movies, um, just because it's 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 just so so you know scaled down, except for the the trope where you know they are allergic to sunlight. My mine is a tie. Okay. Ooh, is one of them lost boys? It absolutely is. Oh, interesting. First one is Lost Boys. Second is 30 Days oh. of Nights. Hmm. The first one. Because what they translated oh, from... I forgot there was a first, second one, right? Yeah, there, there, there's DVD? a couple of them, yes. It went directly to DVD. Oh. And, and, and what Steve Niles did with the first 30 Days of Nights and the whole Alaskan... The comic book. Yes. Yeah. And how they pulled all of that out and brought everything. Yeah. I mean, the vampires are brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's, it's perpetual. You don't have to worry about the sunlight coming yep. up, and they just devour this last Oh my god, it, it is yeah. like going to Sweet Tomatoes when the blue hairs descend. <laughs> the bus is unloaded. <laughs> the walkers are out. Yeah. Here we come. And they devour this town. Yeah. It is brilliantly done. Yeah, I... I absolutely enjoyed the, the comic. I thought the movie was good. It just mm -hmm. didn't, uh, to me, it didn't have as much uh, weight as uh, you know, the comic book. It didn't stick no, with me. It didn't stick. And, that, and that's the. I don't want to say the short sightedness or how they produced it, but the story that they told was so so tightly packed. Mm -hmm. so at, yeah. the end, at the end of it, we have a conclusion. Yeah. It was, it was the beginning, middle, end. And that story, at its end, it was its peak. 
you're not coming out of that. And then when yeah. you try to push it some more, and and I've, I've spoken to Steve about it, and he he feels bad because he's like, there's so much more story mm -hmm. to tell, and the comic has continued on. Yeah, let's let's make no mistake of that. Thirty days has yeah, continued on. Yeah, that's and, that's and one of those that would do well if Netflix or streaming service. You know what? If they pick that up as a series, yeah. that would be brilliant. It would so, be it'd be better than Castlevania. What? what? I would love to see that kind of stylization anime. Yes. Um, I think one of the things, and, and yeah, I could see it, you know, continuous, but uh, I think one of the cautionary tales is, you know, the success of The Walking Dead, where, you know, the, the, the comic is, is fantastic. It's a, it's a really good drama, but I would, you know, the, the criticism I have of the comic is, is more profound and more focused on the, you know, the TV series, right. where it's nobody learns anything, same dramatic stories, same mistakes, constantly and constantly. And then when you see the TV series, it's it's the writing's not as strong, and it's e it's even more of that. And it depends on the season, because when Kirkman came back into the writers' room for The Walking Dead, you can you can. You can Definitely feel the shit. No, he's. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, I'm not really. Yeah. Yes. Um, coming back into the writing room a couple seasons ago, you can tell the definite swing and is is really disheartening. With the comic book finally coming to its end, that's already done. Right? It's, it's done. Yeah. And the curveball that Kirkman threw everybody. Nobody knew that was coming. Not even the retailers, because the retailers order two months in advance. Yeah. So they're still looking at their order form, and they're still seeing comics two months. Okay. Out. So they had no clue. Yeah. And 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 they had biopsies. They had the whole the whole spiel. So you know, it's it's business as usual. That's how we should actually in the series. They 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 have the you know, the end of the you know the actual story, and then the following issue is like I went to go order it. But uh, the comic book store guy is just like, there's nothing there. So it's like, the story goes into a different direction. It breaks its The animal suddenly died of a heart attack in the monster. Yeah, it goes totally Monty Python. It goes totally Blazing Saddle. Totally. Then I pick it up again. Then I pick it up again. Two issues, because I have a short attention span. Don't go past that. Is it a treat paperback? Yeah, I It's two issues. Well... So you got that whole disconnect when it comes to The Walking Dead and and, and that whole monstrosity that that Kirkman has has created. He's put yeah. one foot in, one foot out, and that that its own yeah. monster. But the interesting thing about that is because I got into the comic before the show, right? Yeah. And uh, the first bits where they started to change, it I, it was like a purist thing. I was like, ah, how dare they change these things? Who's this character? And then I start. Wait a minute. This is cool because now I don't know if they're going to live or die. Right. As they broke away from the comic, right. and I would have had that if they were just doing a straight remake because I would know everything that's going on. Well, yeah. And that's, that's I think fun. that does make it so a little bit more exciting and a little bit more accessible. Especially, yeah. it does like you said, the writing is bad, and it's there's a committee as opposed to the comic book. Mm -hmm. um, Fear of the Walking Dead this season actually got good. 
And my, well, yeah, it's because they took all the characters from Walking Dead and pulled them over and, you know, actually got decent writers. So it's, uh, but it's... Uh, what was Not that, that I have an opinion. But <laughs> at the same time, so you, you've got that, that whole world-building uh, aspect that, uh, you know, Robert created you know, back in 2003. And it, it, if, if anything, you know, quality aside, you know, the fact that, you know, it just keeps, you know, building and building and building, um, you know, it's it's remarkable. Um, it's I would hazard, I wouldn't really argue, because I think I'm hoping I'm wrong, but it's probably the closest thing to like uh, aside from Harry Potter, you know, that thing of you know lightning striking, building that uh, integral world that you know connects culturally, uh, almost. Uh, like uh, like Star Wars did back in the seventies and eighties. Um, now you know Harry Potter certainly did that uh, to a point. Maybe not with with our generation, but certainly with the you know the next generation. Um, yeah, and I think uh, you know for like horror enthusiasts, yeah, that certainly was the walking dead. If if I was and, and we've talked about this actually on our on my podcast where. If we were to, to say, if there was something that was required for literary class, there's something that must be taught, it is The Walking Dead. Okay. Um, simply because of the, the, the tragedy, the, the, the development of characters, um, it, it's Beowulf. Yeah. It, re- it yeah. really is a modern day Beowulf. And yeah. regrettably, the characters that are in the TV show, Kirkman didn't create. So the ones that are fan favorites, mm-hmm. Kirkman had no hand in. They they developed naturally, yeah. as as things should. Like cancer. And, and cancer. <laughs> Shit, my leg just fell off. And you're like, oh my god. You you're looking at this from the standpoint of, of the spectator, and everything was orchestrated so interestingly in the comic, but when it went to the screen, it's a kind of life of its own. Yeah. And then when Kirkman got in there and tried to wrestle it, and tried to like, you know, I'm going to take control of this, yeah. he killed it. Sorry, right. he killed it, he's dead. Yeah. He lost Rick, Michonne's ready to go. All of the, all of the crucial characters, all of this, you're, you're repeating, again, like you said, yeah. the same story over and over yeah. and over again. Why didn't you learn this the first five times you got son of a bitch? It becomes a soap opera. It does. There was yeah. a comic strip um, several years back, uh, critique about the comic, not the show, mm-hmm. because the show stopped following the comic. It was like the formula for Walking Dead. Rick encounters bad guys, Rick loses a body part, Rick solves the problem, next episode. Rick encounters bad guys, Rick loses a body part, Rick encounters bad It's like every big block, he yeah. loses a body part. And, and eventually you're working your way down to the top. Right. And that's, it's not going to be a push You can't do your penis push-ups. And I catch. I will do that later. Yeah. the comic for me that to me were so essential to showing how horrible society had become that they yeah. just didn't put in the show because i knew if they put it in the show it was like a, what happened originally in the comic to his wife and his child yeah is not what happened in the show no yeah not and even close not even close and um like, we did in the comic we never even had a little girl no mm. she didn't even make the term she didn't yeah it, she didn't make it out of the prison. Um, yeah done <laughs> close What happened between Michonne and the mayor Uh was so much more intense and disturbing in the comic book than what was in the show. I understand why, because it's AMC and they can only do it so much, but 
they could have not shown it and said that these sure could have been something that happened off camera off uh, camera, camera. Um, but the, the comic book was always oh the zombies are nothing this is the problem with people mm-hmm. who come. yeah and it took them like five or six seasons to get to our far finally the zombies aren't the problem it's the people it's yeah the we're yeah. the walking dead yeah my association with zombies is like they're the new lines of tigers once you know how to deal with them not so many people get picked off you know how to keep away you know how to, you know you know their characteristics first season in, in a little bit in the comic book you know from the get-go where the spins yes you have their sense you're, you're fine but when you're dealing with vampires and <laughs> different story you're, you get, and, and you so know, wearing the vampire skins the romanticism of vampires and vampirism and are we going to twilight is that where this is going no oh, okay. when you look at even like the earlier years um mother first bites yeah, which is one of my all-time favorite films. Silver bullets are for purple. Exactly. No, nobody gets any of my references because I don't think anyone has ever watched this film. But it is absolutely he's married. But have you guys thought about Dave? <laughs> <laughs> His boobs aren't big enough. Oh, so I, I hide them very well. Ah, uh, we're in a sports bra. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's. The, the the romanticism behind vampirism and all of that is you, you can't get away from it. That's the allure. Even yeah. uh vampire in Brooklyn, when you're dealing with like that whole scene with Eddie Murphy, <laughs> I mean he whips the entire room around. I mean it, it is it is the facade that the yeah. projection of what you want, your heart's desire, the evil is right under the surface. You don't have to go far. Yeah. And it, and that's always the allure of the vampire. See, it's for, it for never freshly turned vampires are less than like ten years into their vampirism. Yeah, I get that. But for a vampire, it's almost like, hey, you're dating a cow. That's the thing you eat. Yes, that's yeah. food. Why are you playing with your food? Why um, wouldn't you? Because cats play with their food all the time. Not in that way. Yeah, Jim <laughs> Jim uh, put out uh, put out uh, a vampire uh, drama called. Uh, 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 only lovers la- or last lover? No, only lovers uh, left alive. Okay. And it's it's with uh, um, is it uh, Tom uh, Middleston? You know Loki. Oh, Hiddleston. Tom Middleston. Middleston. Okay, sorry. You'll be and then, in your Comic Con next week. And then uh, Tilda Swinton. And and there are these century century old vampires that have seen everything and done everything. And all you know, Tom's character wants to do is he's con- constantly contemplating suicide. You know, and you know, he, he even had a stint as a like a very popular goth rock superstar. And of course, oh, how since he's not, of him. yeah, since he's since he doesn't age, he's like, well, I gotta go sooner or later away. Yeah. When are we gonna get more vampires? Yeah. It's like Weird Al. Oh, so oh we, 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 we already do. It's yeah. called Weird Al. Okay, <laughs> it's true. He he doesn't age. He does not age. That's the awesome. only thing that happens is his hair gets longer. <laughs> Well, that, that's his uh, immortality, is, oh, is the length of his hair. All right. So Tom Hiddleston, sorry. Yeah, oh, Tom yeah. Hiddleston, so, so anyway, so uh, yeah, it seems like it should be romanticized. Absolutely not. They're just It's it's like all the headaches of, of being uh, you know, eternal lovers and our vampires. And it's just like the magic has been gone for centuries. Centuries. <laughs> but you still got like, yeah, like Tilda's sister, who's also a vampire. 
you know, also centuries old, not, not nearly, you know. Uh, not nearly well, yeah. as old. No, definitely close, because you're off by a few years of your right. sisters. But uh, it still operates as though she's an adolescent. And it's just like, you're, you're fucking, you know, four or five hundred years old, get it to fucking together. You know, stop, it's stop it's killing you, our friends who are in the outside world. If you're, 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 not your, you're not in your 20s. I was gonna say, if you're, you're, turned, in, you're in your 200s. If you turn yeah. into a vampire before your brain is matured, does your brain ever mature? No, or true. Stay in that yeah. Yeah. true. It depends on Ooh, the writer. That, is, that, that actually is a rather Lestat kind yeah. of question. Yeah. Because yeah. we saw the girl. in uh, Near yeah. Dark, that was a point of frustration for the kid. Yeah. Because he was very old and he was he stuck was, in a kid's body. He was the oldest one in that group. Yeah, and even Lance Hendrickson, who is eternally, I think he came out of it. Yes. Uh, Frank Black, yeah, as far as I always yeah, would always refer to the, the kid as, hey, old man. Hey, old man. Hey, old man. It's, it's like, what the fuck's old man doing? Uh, so, um, Kids eight. Have you kept up with the uh, the comic book or the TV show Preacher? Yeah. Uh, I've, uh, I enjoyed the comic book. I, I ha- I've never been able to finish it. But uh, I it does I, have an ending. I went so. through I went through uh, the first three seasons of uh, Preacher. I thought it was yeah you know, for me that's more that's a lot more fun because it is just bonkers as a TV show. It is absolutely that's another nuts. one that's changed a lot from the comic. Correct, but it's still fun. It's still um, so fun. I just, it was what Garth Ennis uh, that yeah. did the original yeah. Preacher series. Yeah, it's one of my favorite comic books by the way. The, the Boys, which is also which, now. yeah, the yeah. Boys is stellar. Again, for another podcast, but um, when you look at what they've done for the Preacher for AMC, it is complete departure of the comics. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. I mean, it is. Really, what the fuck did it's, I just? It's, it's another one of those where they could not do the comic. No, because it goes stuff a hundred times further yeah. south than that show. But yeah. the, but Cassidy, the vampire in the mm-hmm. comic, is extremely short, not muscular at all. Yeah, but is super ferocious and strong because he's a vampire. Yeah, and he's he's gotten bored of everything, so now he does hard drugs and drinks yeah. a lot because he's always looking for that. It's like uh, steroids. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then they um, cast the fellow from the TV show Misfits um, to be Cassidy, who's really tall. Yeah. Um, looks very different than Cassidy, but he does a great job playing it. Um, See, I thought uh, visually the actor, and uh, yeah, aside from height, actually looks very close to right. Cassidy in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but uh, <clears throat> regardless, that's another one that also uh, yeah blends you know, a lot of, because it's not straight horror. No. It's it's not straight comedy. It's it's actually more of an action film. And the, the show is. The yeah. book is definitely a lot more horror. More horror-related. Yeah, the, more tropes. The voodoo that's yeah. going behind the scenes. Yeah. So we're, we're actually uh, almost about to. Sorry this has that. actually been really <laughs> fun because, you know, yeah, I get to geek out with you guys. Yeah. And you, the two of you, are incredibly versed. Geek Twin Powers after an eight. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We are I very knowledgeable. twins who look nothing alike. Nothing so what you're going in the bucket, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's my week in the bucket. Yeah, but we can, and I, we didn't even get to touch on like some of the horror that is coming to television yep. and what they have planned for. Netflix. We're going to have to do this again. And Part two. So much. Part two. Oh, I think this time it's personal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it in the bathroom. We will, we will get on the pointy end. Oh yeah, get on the pointy end. Get on the pointy end. Part two, the pointy end. Pointy, the pointy end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was it? 
I guess that's the weapon of choice. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, two by I don't want to pleasure. I don't want to. I just want to. It's like, hey, that's yeah. my seat. That's my seat. Get, Get the fuck out. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, to, to close up, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on uh, 52A Geek for Facebook, for Instagram, for Twitter. Uh, you can also send me, I will respond to friend requests. Daniel Smurf Charner, which I don't put up there very often. Yeah. But I will be more than happy to interject, intertwine, and enlighten any way that I can. Do you hear that? That's code for he is. Very lonely and needs companionship. I offered up Troy, but you know. Somebody loved me. Troy was wise enough to decline that. Uh, and, that. And, and we will be doing different conventions. Uh, I will be making an appearance at the uh, Rocky Mountain Con with Tim coming up in October. Uh, the All Sea Fan in November. The All Sea Fan Expo in October uh, that I will be in, which is the second week. Uh, I will be there as well, doing panels and interviewing Victor Cook, who did Gargoyles, nice. Sark and Duck. Uh, Greg will also be there. Excellent. Um, I love Greg. Greg, Greg is such a... Greg Guler. Yeah, such a fun fucking guy. Greg is amazing. So we will have both of those guys. I think that's his guys. middle name. Fun <laughs> fucking <laughs> guy. Greg <laughs> Fun fucking guy. Will Disney will love that. Yeah, Disney's going to love that all the fucking hell. Um, <laughs> Fuck you guys! So the mouse is going to come in later and awesome. whip us with his tail. So um, I will be at those two cons, New York Comic Con coming up, of course, and we will be covering that extensively. So in your website, fifty two eighty geek dot com. Fifty two eighty geek dot com. Really, this is just coffee. <laughs> Not at all. Not even close. Not even close. What about you? You yes, are right. the man about town, and you know what? I I, I, I love your team. You guys, you, you guys, because we were we did the Eastman and uh, 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 the Ken Eastman interview yes. last year for Denver Comic Con. You guys were sitting there right behind us, and we just had one of the best times. You guys are amazing. If, if people are not following this man, fuck you. You don't know what's going I'm on. I'm paranoid, so I assume everyone's following you. Tinfoil has it all. That's right. So, okay. what, how, do they, how do they find you? Uh, you can look us up on Facebook at RockyMountainGeekTank.com. Also, our webpage is www.rockymountaingeektank.com. Um, all of our links are there on Facebook, and you can search for us. Um, all of our shows are archived, and we I think we have a YouTube presence, too, but I haven't been there for a while. Ooh. I think you just also search Honestly. Rocky Mountain Geek Tank .com. Um, and then you can Are you like half naked eating a cheeseburger drunk off your ass? <laughs> if I am, I don't remember, but it could be true. Uh, yeah. You guys know. have been stealing my scripts. Yes. Uh, if you're at a convention, if you, see, um, at your if you see the green jersey, that's us. Uh, I think we're going to be at Rocky Mountain Con too. Uh, Rocky Mountain Con will be I haven't, uh, in the show. Touch base with my you guys need to do some shows together. Like, we actually, if you come and find us at Rocky Mountain Con, we will have a. Um, an Infinity Gem hunt. Oh, oh cool. So, I'm going to look for the one that's actually inside Natalie Portman. That was the red one. Is, is, that, is that the deep I want to know. I want to know how, because I recently saw, I recently saw Endgame, because I'm way behind the thing, but he had to go put the stones back, spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. How did he put it back in Natalie Portman? All he did is shoot it in the ass. Was he alright with that? He, he was... He was, was fucking, you know, he was busy with donuts. He didn't give a shit. 
Oh, well, maybe that's how she also becomes the mighty Thor. Yeah. In Love and Thunder. Yeah. She uses it for her own purposes. Well, I'm in now. I'll go see that. Thank you for injecting me with vitamins, Captain America. I'm high con, you guys are all high con, and I believe Hexacon next year, which is a big gaming convention. Hexacon. We're going to try to have our some games set up so you can come play games with us at our table at Hexacon. Oh, that's terrible fun. That's that's my favorite geekdom's board games and stuff. Tabletop is really understated, and and needs to be. Zombie Side is a great cooperative game where everybody's trying to fight zombies and stay alive. All right, cool. So cool. going off solo is completely unacceptable. You could, but uh, <laughs> everyone's gonna hate you. You asshole! <laughs> Someone had to open the door to chase the dog to let the zombies in. I just wanted to not have the snow dog shit. That's all. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. For yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what do we have to look forward to with Kofo? Uh, yes. Please. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, for those of us, uh, those of you and me, who have uh, forgotten what Kofo is, it's the Colorado Festival of Horror. We're getting ready for our first year event next year, September 11th through the 13th, 2020. We're going to be at the Embassy Suites, uh, where oh. where you know Rocky Mountain Con yes. is currently. With Tim. Tim yeah, with Tim. And yeah, yeah, and that's uh, over on. Uh, Havana, Havana and, and I-70. I-70. Yeah, right. here in Denver. For those of us who are, or those of us who are out of town. Wow. Wow. I so just, that is in Aurora, I, Colorado. Yeah, that is in um, Aurora, is, Colorado. It is within a cat's toss of DIA. Yep. So if you wanted to book your hotel now, we would recommend it. Because not only will you get your enticing thirst for horror, but you will also get cosplay. The Colorado Ghostbusters are going to be there. You will have us. You'll have this sexy. So, Smurf, when did you start organizing our event? <laughs> this is new. So, if you go to our website, which is kofofor.com, uh, my understanding is we have none of that information. You don't. I'm yeah. just leaking you're it just, out there. You're just, I know this. I will have to get a mop. You will. Now, uh, the question is is your directors just making it all up? Uh, it's pretty much he's faking all our uh, yeah. Colorado Ghostbusters yeah. will be there. Yeah. And what better year? I mean, 2020, mm-hmm. the new Ghostbusters film. Yeah. You will have you, you will have your own cache of Ghostbusters. Cache? Yeah, cache. Yeah. I was like, wow, they come in dollar form, huh? Yes, they do. <laughs> I was like, I got a bank, man. It must be a dollar. No, no, no. That's a $20 motherfucker. Oh, is that a 20 <laughs> <laughs> So... So anyway, we're in the middle of organizing this. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. Uh, obviously, if you're watching this, you already are, pretty much. Uh, we're on we Twitter, we're on Instagram. Incidentally, as of today, we're also on uh, YouTube. So we'll be uh, nice. you know, connecting with uh, Geek Tank and, and uh, 5280 Geek uh, in whatever form they take. And when I say the, the, uh, they, it's Smurf. It's me. But I'm a team. I know, I know. You've seen Red. I've seen your village. You, you have. You <laughs> do not want to unleash the village. No, Trust I've me. seen your Smurf hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that episode of the Smurfs, you know, <laughs> where, where Smurf it actually came from. Gargamel. Gargamel's sex toy. It's so dark. It's, yeah, it is a dark. It's really dark. Those Saturday morning cartoons. 
So do you have another <laughs> guest lined up for your next podcast? The next guest is going to be the third Wednesday in October. I think that's uh, the 18th, um, 18th, 17th, 16th. 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 16th of October. Okay, 16th of October. Uh, and that's going to be the Enigma. I'm also, uh, I'm also uh, gearing up to do uh, to meet up with uh, Distortions Unlimited and Greeley and the organizers of Monster Day out there. Ed is amazing. I did a tour of his facility up in Greeley, and Ed is just oh, yeah. that. If there is one person that I can label as mad scientist, yeah, that's that, mo- that motherfucker is it. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up with uh, Distortions, so they started out in Jersey where I was uh, raised. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the, the little kids that was under age eight that would go dumpster diving, and he actually had kicked me out a couple times. I had reminded him of, of that uh, you know, years ago, and he apologized. <laughs> I'm sorry. And he's like, no, that's one of my endearing <laughs> memories of, of like being scolded by you and kicked out when you were a young man, and you're not anymore. And you're not anymore. Uh, and, but, uh, and you're still dumpster diving. Yeah. Still dumpster. And Ed does a Dick Van Dyke's front yard yeah, he does. for Halloween. There's uh, an episode of Making Monsters on yes. it. I think it's season three. So Enigma and I incidentally were in season one. Very nice. Because uh, I I do distortions comics. Yeah, and, and uh, it is it is worth watching. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke is such a horror enthusiast. He is, and you would not expect that of him. And he's, it is amazing. He, he's in his mid nineties now, right? Yeah, he is. And he still does the Home Haunt. Yep, which is amazing. And he dances still. That that man is I, I believe it. I believe it. as yeah. he was in Mary Poppins. Yeah. He should have the whole chimney thing with scratches oh, popping yes. up. He does. He does. He yeah, does. yeah, he really does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, now he hires little children that can fit it. With us, you know, but, um, it's it's his great grandchildren doing it now. Oh, okay. Great grandchildren <laughs> hires, hires indentured servitude. I know these terms. All right. Well, that's we're going to have to wrap it up. Thanks we're so much, guys. Up. Uh, visit us at uh, kofohorror.com. Uh, you know, keep uh, follow these guys. Uh, you're, you can follow me, just not into a dark alley. Uh, have a good night. And, and oh, and special thanks to Mutiny Cafe for having us back out again. You know, come to Mutiny Cafe on uh, 2 South Broadway. Get their goddamn coffee. It'll keep you all night. They can freeze coffee revolutions. And they put the coffee ice cubes in the ice coffee. It's brilliant. Get it to go. It's delicious. That's not what's in this cup. (laughs) Have a good night. (laughs) Make sure to check out our Facebook and website for the updates on Colorado Festival of Horror. September 15th through the 17th.